Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, my name is Bob Tazi, freelance IT industry analyst, and I will be moderating this EM360 podcast, looking at balancing privacy with IT security. Few listeners will need reminding that the ongoing revolution in the way information technology is delivered and used is transforming our personal and working lives. The positive side of this is cheap and seemingly unlimited compute power delivered from the cloud, flexible in mobile working for employees, and computer services on tap in our homes, which are for many now their main workplace. On top of this, the potential offered by the Internet of Things and artificial intelligence is still nascent. The benefits to come, as unimaginable today as cloud computing would have been to the early pioneers of modern computing back in the 1940s and 1950s. There is, of course, a downside to this revolution, not least the impact it will have on our institutions and personal lives. Largely, these are well reported. Social media distorts the news and political debate as never before. And artificial intelligence may be used against us as well as for our benefit. Perhaps the most hotly debated topic is the impact on our privacy as we blithely give away our personal information in return for free services and complacently deal with large volumes of electronic communications. It is not surprising that one of the biggest conundrums for government, the IT industry and the businesses that rely more and more on the technologies delivered by the ongoing revolution is what balance should be struck between making IT services useful and available and protecting the privacy of employees and customers. This is required of businesses by governments through ever tighter regulation but it is also necessary for businesses to protect themselves from external attacks as hackers seek to exploit the vulnerability of users to give away personal and business-sensitive data. To help us understand how we can navigate our way through this maze, protecting the rights of individuals whilst also protecting the whole, I am pleased to be joined by Nathan Howe, Director of Transformation Strategy at Zscaler, a global information security company. Hello, Nathan. Could you start by telling us a little bit about Zscaler and yourself? Hi, Bob, and thanks for having me. So I work for a company, Zscaler, and uh, depending on where you are in the world, it's Zscaler or Zscaler. It is an American company, so it's Zscaler for the, the team. But yeah, we're a cloud security company, and uh, we provide basically secure application access for end users and enterprises. So they can securely consume services, both private and public. Personally, I've actually been with Zscaler now for three years. And I came here from a previous life where I was actually working as a security architect, at a very large, fast-moving consumer goods company that allowed me to travel the world and have quite the experience in security. But alas, I've now joined the other side and uh, I'm working with security at Zscaler to basically help customers understand the strategy towards the future with things like privacy and security, but also the correct sort of architecture and design to make things work in this new world we're heading towards. 
Okay, thanks for that. Well, it's great to have an expert on here who's seen the uh, problem from both sides, from both the vendor side and the user side. As a security professional working at Zscaler, you necessarily focus on some of the negative aspects of IT use. Indeed, at Zscaler, you talk about an unholy trinity. What do you mean by this? I think it's a fun terminology and phrasing, but um, it really breaks down to three things that we do see. And not that they're unholy, but in the way in which they're kind of executed, perhaps independently causes kind of some friction. I think that friction then gives us this unholy mindset towards the enterprise. So the main three things are are the idea of cloud. So you mentioned in your your introduction around the idea of what the cloud brings today uh, and what that probably would have been like to imagine that 50, 60 years ago. I think even now companies are struggling with the idea of cloud and what it brings today. So that mindset itself actually challenges the status quo. The next thing is actually kind of coupled very much with the idea of cloud, and that is the idea of mobility, the idea of mobile consumption. And really interestingly enough, if you look at that at a very high level, mobility has come about in a way that allows anyone to really consume services. And it's driven this idea of consumption. So how do we consume a service? How do we consume X, Y, Z? And that very much falls into the current generation of users, whereas they expect to be able to consume any service, much like a YouTube, basically like unencumbered access to a service. And this shift towards this model has really impacted the enterprise because we now have to address the third part of it, which is essentially the idea of encryption or cryptography. And these things all play out in a really interesting kind of mishmash. And you look at some of the real trends that we're seeing towards this, like Gartner reported back in 2016 that the cloud shift within IT would move a massive amount of money. I believe the number was around a trillion towards the cloud services. And you can see this more and more today with enterprises in their way in which they consume SaaS services or PaaS services, or even as they look to commoditize towards their IT by going into these infrastructures or services locations. This drive is driven not only because it's, as I mentioned, commoditization of IT, but it's also because it's simpler and easier to get access to these services, thus making that consumption model, that unencumbered consumption model for the end user, simpler and easier. It really comes down to the idea of of how we can extend our services or as as an enterprise, and I say our, I'm talking the overall security enterprise space, how we can provide those services to enterprises to properly mish those three things together. So you have the cloud, the mobile, and the crypto. If you think about it today, anyone on any device, and as this is a podcast, most of the listeners will be listening on a mobile device, that mobile device is actually connected to the internet directly and consuming a set of services that are cloud-based, whether they like it or not. Now, the one example I like to bring up is that every device on the internet is actually leveraging a cloud service, and that's DNS, the domain name system. No one company owns and operates the domain name system and has authoritative rights over all the names on the internet. It's a shared service that is consumed by all. And that in itself, it's a baseline functionality of the internet and of internal services within companies. That in itself requires to be properly managed and secured, enabled it globally, so therefore it's a cloud service, and it's consumed by everyone with mobile devices as well as laptops and so forth. But more importantly, as we move down the path of that next level of consumption, it's the security. So now we see these new things like DNS security with DNS of a TLS or DNS set that has come in the past. So these are the the directions we see and more and more are we getting information about the way in which these three things play out within the enterprise space. 
Okay, okay, Nathan, if I can just stop you there and, and, and just to clarify, you made it quite clear that, that one of the big issues here is the range of cloud services that employees, users can consume, and they can consume from anywhere because they got these mobile devices. And as I understand it, the communication from the cloud to mobile device is often handled as an encrypted connection. So as we're talking about some of the downsides at the moment, is, is, is that encryption a good thing or a bad thing, or, or, or can it go either way? So I actually want to interject and make one observation on that. It's not so much the encryption on the mobile to the network, so to speak, because most mobiles actually, or most mobile devices are not encrypting the lower layer network traffic. It's actually the application, the services that are being encrypted, like a web service or a, an email service. And that itself is being overlaid on top of an underlying network. Generally, the network is not encrypted. And that brings into another conversation, uh, which we can dive into in the second podcast. But the application encryption that you mentioned there, and I think that is, to your point, actually, it's very important. I think it's actually critical to the functionality of the underlying internet today. There are probably very few services out there that are not leveraging some form of encryption. In fact, if you look at the numbers that we see within Zscaler, around 83% of all of the content that we see passing through our services is SSL or TLS encrypted. That last 17% is miscellaneous uh, open, uh, so clear text communication, 83% is passing through us, our services being completely encrypted. That means that clearly, whatever that traffic might be, it's utilizing the notion of building that encrypted trust, well, not just trust, but trust, privacy, and anonymity, these three things within that, that communication, if that makes any sense. Yes, it does. But I'm just trying to understand whether you're saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Clearly, the industry or the, the end consumption piece says it's a good thing. It's, in a sense, a double-edged sword. And you have to be able to, as an enterprise and, and security vendors and security experts, need to be able to see both sides of the story. Sure. So, so, it's, so, it's, so it's a good thing insofar as data is kept private, but it's a bad thing because sometimes you can't tell what is being kept private. Is that about the, the sum of it? Absolutely. That's the dichotomy of the internet that we have today is that we have to consider the protection of what we consider, well, essentially important traffic or important content. But then we also have to take into account that we, as in you or I or enterprise, we are trying to protect an asset, whereas there are people who perhaps the bad actors that are also leveraging that same sort of technology, same sort of functionality to also protect their assets and their assets are things they're trying to use against us or maybe extract from us. So that same technology and set of standards is used both for good and for bad. Okay, yeah. So as with a lot of technology, it benefits both the good guys and the bad guys. Look, it's not just the technology that's changing, though, Nathan, is it? Another major change is that it's the profile of the actual users. And I mean the good guys here, the employees, although it applies to the bad guys as well, uh, as so-called millennials, and indeed even younger generations now that follow them, are entering the workplace. The millennials are, are those who started entering the workplace since the year 2000, who've grown up online. I mean, for them, this is all second nature. They expect to be able to deal with these sort of technologies. How much worse or how much better is that making the problem if they come into the market more educated? I think it's fantastic. Actually, personally, I kind of sit on the border, technically, of being a millennial. I don't know. depends on who you ask. I sometimes fall in the basket and sometimes I don't. But it's interesting because I grew up probably one of the first generations with computers in my hands. And 
even now, just looking at my personal expectations, I have a and this expectation that I can get fast, clean internet access to that service that I want to consume. And I think that notion in itself, to your point, Bob, actually is what is driving this shift more than likely, and not just mine, of course, but that, as you mentioned, that millennial and younger generation mindset is they don't want to think about the, the, the walls or the unnecessary friction they have to go through to consume something. They just want to be able to share, communicate, and consume. And I think that nature in itself has played out in the enterprise when it comes to not only the connectivity, as in providing a secure path from the user to that service or application, but then also how that is consumed. Um, Previously, if you think about it, we would have started with only accessing enterprise applications from a, a desktop. And now you look at the things like most people have the ability to consume enterprise applications to some extent from their phone and be anywhere without having to launch some sort of back-end connectivity piece or plug it into a network. I think that nature in itself, that demand for access to data is driving the enterprises because, let's be clear, enterprises wants to attract that younger audience because they bring with them great skill sets that are then also kind of in a circle, uh, in a nice little circle, then playing back into the same model we're discussing here, which is accelerating this experience, accelerating the connectivity, accelerating the sharing and so forth for the enterprise and thus plays out within our security space that we have to try and protect that as that goes forward. We've looked at the Holy Trinity. We've looked at the uh, the cloud. We've looked at mobile and we talked a bit about crypto and we've talked about how that's all changing as the profile of, of users in workplace changes. Although, of course, um, I'm not quite a millennial uh, and yet I make wide-ranging use of mobile services on my phone consumed from the cloud. One of the things you said when we talked about crypto was that most companies don't inspect things like SSL and TLS, which are the sort of default encryption mechanisms used by uh, most uh, web applications. So how does that actually change the threat landscape for businesses uh, if they're not able to do that? Because obviously you think at Zscaler that's an important thing to be able to do, but when they're not doing it, what threats does that introduce to the organization? There's a couple of threats to be taken into account here, Bob, and I think it needs to be addressed in a kind of a, a parallel sense. The reason why most companies don't dive into the SSL inspection is that it is actually quite complicated to do that from an infrastructure point of view. There is a requirement to have a lot of processing power to be able to do this, and that can be daunting, and that tends to be the first foothold that challenges most companies. If you think about it, you need to be able to have the processing power to be able to decrypt and look inside the content, then re-encrypt and then forward on as need be. And that's not easy to be done when you're just adding another piece of hardware to your, your data flow. So that in itself is a, the very first part that can be challenging. I think the other part, especially now more and more so around things like the recent set of, and I think actually it's important these things have, have come, these recent set of data protection uh, rules, not just within the European Union with GDPR, but in other countries as well. I do see that there is a, a need to drive this privacy, trust, and anonymity, as we mentioned before. And I think there's a fear that organizations are concerned about where it would be looked at as perhaps breaching that privacy and that anonymity for individual traffic. And those two things themselves are, I think, the enterprise kind of or the high-level, C-level kind of risks that are considered that are, that are addressed, the cost as well as the respect of the employees. But then there's the final risk, which is if you don't have the visibility 
then as I mentioned before, we see 83% of traffic going through our services being encrypted. And if you are an enterprise and not able to actually observe the 83%, what are you missing? And then the question comes into play, what's the risk of that compared to the risk of inspecting? Is there something that could be possibly going out through this 83% of traffic you're not looking at that could put your business at risk? So I think that those three things, the financial impact, the, the privacy impact, and then finally, the actual technological implementation can be a challenge to most enterprises. And because of those three things, it becomes almost a, a big wall that they kind of just don't want to dive into right away. Perhaps a plausible deniability to some extent, but more so that it's just challenging to dive into. Just to look at that in a, a bit more detail, what traffic does a business have the right to decrypt and inspect? And what is stuff that it can't? I mean, I mean, if I'm an employee working in an organization and I'm communicating with a customer and I'm using an encrypted connection, I can absolutely understand the business wants to know what information I'm sending out and what I'm receiving in. But what if I'm, I'm having my lunch break and I'm using a personal social media service and uh, communicating with somebody? You know, where do you draw the lines with um, inspecting traffic? I'm not going to draw the line for any one company, let's be clear. But this comes down to each enterprise, to, to each organization, where they fit and what their rules set up. But I think there's an, a base level understanding that, that there's really little reason that users, for example, their shopping habits or holiday destinations, even their browsing habits during lunchtime, should really be something that's visible to an enterprise. It's not something that really needs to be considered. And in general, it's, it's something that as I said, varies depending on the different laws and regulations that play out in each industry. Individuals should have an expectation that their own personal traffic is not going to be inspected. And even if it is going to be inspected, that it's not going to be looked into, as in there'll be a process that inspects it and then validates that it's good or bad and then lets it go. But only if there was an incident would that then be looked at. I think that's where that conversation needs to be understood both within a acceptable user policy from a company but also explain to the, the uh, enterprise users that there is a balance has to be found because there is still a risk that is applied to an individual that works for a company. The, if you think about it for a second and take that individual and move them out of the company, they're at home on their home computer doing the same thing. Well, the risk is then basically isolated to that home computer, that home environment. But if that same action is being done within the office and theoretically could bring a risk, it's not just a risk to the individual, it's a risk to the corporation, the enterprise. And that risk needs to then be applied. So it's finding that balance between what really is the expected privacy and also the risk to the company. There's no black and white answer here. And that's where we as a company at Zscale actually do see a lot of conversations driven up, especially within the companies that are trying to draw out the GDPR and some sort of regulations, afraid to inspect. And this actually we see quite a lot within Germany. The Germans have a, an additional layer with, with some of their telecommunications companies that basically says that there is no right to inspect anything of the employees. Now, there is a challenge there because then the risk comes down. Well, what if there are employees who are exfiltrating content? How does the company then deal with that risk? So there has to be an understanding and an explanation that although traffic may be encrypted or may not be encrypted, because even if the traffic isn't encrypted, it can be inspected very simply and not just by the company. But if the traffic is encrypted or is not encrypted and is inspected, it should be only inspected and assessed by humans as part of an investigation. Otherwise, it should be a validation of yes, no in a rule set more than anything else. 
And I think that balance to find that balance is actually the ultimate challenge that I think we all face within enterprises when it comes to this inspection. Indeed, I mean, it is a gray area as well, because quite often an employee may be using a personal device to access corporate data. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look, Zscaler, to pronounce it as you corrected me earlier, Zscaler has a wide range of products and services to help deal with encryption and protect businesses. However, the firm's origin, your firm's origins are an email security, and you still email as being very relevant. Why is this? I thought everybody had stopped using email. So actually, it's interesting you said that's email because we're actually not an email company by, by origin. Email was actually it was an additional function we had, but the original functionality was a web security gateway, which is our core product, the heart of Zscaler. And that function was then leveraged as part of an email service that we no longer see as being a valid service individually. Zscaler actually provides this end-to-end user-to-application secure path. And we do that in two paths, the, the Zscaler internet access, which is our path from the user going out to the internet and Zscaler private access, which is the path from the user going to private applications. And the idea of both these services together in the Zscaler platform is that it's secure application access. When I say application access, I'm really talking about all applications. Anything passing from the user going to these applications should be considered secure. And so Zscaler does still see the fact that the emails are being a key. In actual fact, we see a staggering number of phishing emails that come through to come back to the point on SSL. So email, we see in a year of year, over last year versus this year, 2018 and 2019, we've seen a 300% increase in SSL utilization or TLS utilization within the phishing sessions. Now, what's interesting is that all email nowadays is actually HTML or based within the HTML product or protocol, excuse me. So we can still have that, that ability and apply the security functionality of Zscaler to that more so is if somebody does click on that, the call from the operating system in the web browser within the email service going to that click link is going to go through the Zscaler service and allow us to capture that and stop that, protect that at the customer as need be. So for us, it's not so much about individual services as it is in Zscaler provides secure application access. And that's what we do. It can be nuanced, no doubt. If you look back at 2008 when we started, we definitely focused on one or two things, but now we cover secure application access and you can throw any application down there. Okay, well, thanks for that. So we're coming to the end of this um, podcast, Nathan, but uh, you've done a great job of describing the the problems related to the unholy trinity of cloud, mobile, and cryptography. So could you just summarize the main things an organization should be doing to ensure that those can be used as a, a much safer holy trinity. Absolutely. And I think that actually there's a really good way of looking at this. And with or without any particular products in part is that there really are three major distinctions in, in what we're talking about here. There is the user and the services and the things that they connect to. So an enterprise can really start understanding what they have and then how to apply security modeling by looking at the users what are the services they're consuming and what are the things they're connecting to? Now, differentiate services and things because services are things like a website, whereas a thing would be something like an IoT device, like, a, I don't know, something tracking your number of steps or whatever. And if an enterprise looked at those sort of things and, and kept those three, those three things in, in consideration, that will then allow, allow the enterprise to build out their security modeling, whether it be towards cloud mobility or even utilizing cryptography allows them to build it out in all those scenarios. You can find and apply security with encryption. You can provide the cloud path and you can provide the mobility path 
to the user, and the applications will be ho- and things will be hosted in the right locations. So I think that division of three can be simply defined, but then the challenge then comes down to the organization's understanding and then limits, and I guess you can call it risk acceptance, as to where the balance point will be as to what needs to be encrypted, how it needs to be looked at, and of course, from an enterprise point of view, how they can actually then have the visibility to make the decisions from day one to day five to day 20. So those things play out with that balance point of risk, and they have to figure that out. Clearly, there is legislation that helps drive that, and it is less daunting than most people think. There are very simple ways to do this. Naturally, Zscaler has a product for that, but that's not for the discussion. It's just a matter of, as I said, breaking this down into those three things, the users and what they access, be it servers or services and things. Okay, okay. Well, thanks very much to Nathan Howe of Zscaler for providing these insights into balancing privacy with IT security. And thank you for listening to this EM360 podcast. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com. 